Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Happy Monday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for tuning in. Want to say a big thanks as well to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with the new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-747-4302. Gordon, happy Monday. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. My Rams uh, took care of the Saints, even though they were the beneficiaries or is it benefactors? Beneficiaries, I think. Of a bad call. But, you know, that's life. That's what they do. Deal with it. Uh, you getting so, into it? Feel you, you living to. and dying over there? Um, you have a good time? No. But, I mean, well, yeah, I'm having a good time, but I'm, 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 it, it's an adjustment for me. Are you going to see a game in person next week? Are the Rams at home? No, I don't know. I didn't even look. But, hey, uh, hey, wait a minute. If you're going to be a fan and you're going to be in L.A., <laughs> you got to look, man. <laughs> You got to look. You're going to be in the city of your team. This is something you got to do. They sure looked good in those white uniforms with the uh, with the white and blue. I like those a lot better than the blue and gold or blue and yellow, whatever that is. But uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, had uh, having a good day. Good, good. Not so good for the Saints, that's for sure. Yeah, Bruce, Drew, Bruce Brees. And Drew Brees for a while. That's not going to be any fun. Is Taysom Hill one step closer to being a starter. He or Teddy Bridgewater, right? Well, it's Bridgewater, but you know. What so Taysom just has one to pull, hit away. pull a northern Colorado punter and <laughs> all of a sudden he's gonna be starting? You know I uh I was on a flight with that team once, like two or three years after that happened. And uh I, I you were sitting there waiting to get on the plane and we were chatting with uh, some of the players or whatever and we we're like, Hey, aren't you the school where the backup punter stabbed the starting punter? <laughs> Like, yeah, and you know how sick we are of talking about that. That's all anybody <laughs> brings up when they find out we play for Northern Colorado. Well, it was, Anywho. A, it was a good weekend for uh, for BYU, and especially BYU beating the Trojans, and uh, Utah did what it had to do. Now, from the pictures I saw, it looked like the stadium was less than half full. Is that, I mean, was that accurate? touchy subject with you fans gordon you're going you're going right for the jugular huh well it's it's got nothing to do with the quality of the program anything that just has to do with scheduling a crappy team oh i i totally agree but and 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 if anything it's a compliment to you fans 
because they know it's a piece of crap and they're not going to go waste their time watching it. I know, but didn't you? How much time did you spend on Twitter on Saturday? Because I didn't spend. Jody so. uh, Jody Genesey, our friend from the Des News, uh-huh. sent out a tweet of a picture after they announced a sellout and just kind did of they, made, did they? Made, I figured they announced another sellout and yeah. he he made a joke out of it and and the Ute Twitter mob drove him into Twitter retirement. What? Yeah, I saw a tweet on Sunday. He's like, "I don't need this. I'm going to take. I'm I'm leaving Twitter for a while." Really? Yeah. Well, first of all, a couple things. First of all, Jody made a mistake of worrying about what what those idiots think of him. You know, I mean, because that's just stupid. It's true. It's a fact. He took a picture. <laughs> a picture's worth a thousand words, right? Yeah. He took. A so picture. he's right. So, but you can't pay attention to that. Give me a break. I'm you just, just can't do that in this business. I'm just saying it's a hot topic with uh, with you fans. Oh, yeah. Screw, Lloyd, did you take a couple screw pictures? That, did you man. get Did you get a bunch of heat, Lloyd? I actually did not. Oh. I just sent out pictures. You uh, <laughs> fans that are th- so thin-skinned that they can't take that, give me a freaking break. And then BYU fans, of course. Uh, here's the thing. BYU fans have been pretty quiet through the years. Uh of late, anyway, and then they get two wins, and suddenly they they grow their teeth back. Coming back know? out of the woodwork? No, they should so, be excited. That was yeah, yeah. That, that was, was that was a nice win by the Cougars. And for the second game in a row, was absolutely fun to watch. I mean, it was a there was a you were down there, Gordon. It was. It, it was a fun game to watch. If you're a football fan, it, back and forth, excitement, big plays. Yeah. Uh, we saw some good play and some bad play. Not saying it was it was perfect on on either side, but uh, I hung out with Frank and did the Ute pre and post game show, which was it was fun. It's always fun hanging out with Frank. Well, apparently you didn't stir anybody's interest to go to the game. Actually, <laughs> that's your fault. Uh, blame Jake. Blame Frank. You can blame us both. That's fine. And I, I mean, Ute fans are smart. They know it's a dog game. Why should they go spend their time when they can do other things? They know the Utes. It's a foregone conclusion. So why go to a game like that? I have no problem with those seats being empty. No. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you knew they were going to trounce Idaho State, and they did. And we can talk about the details because I do think you can learn a little bit because I think it was a tune-up game going into USC. And, and Gordon, I'll tell you my experience, and then we'll get to the split story and talk talk about this stuff further. But uh, So I sat in our Zone Sports uh, lounge here, uh-huh. uh, Carrier Sports Lounge, right out in Very one of those. And for people who have never seen our lounge, we've got one big screen on one side of the wall. And uh, opposite, we have another big screen. So I sat in the middle in a swivel chair, <laughs> That's the way to and do just it. went back and forth. It was it was actually really fun. I got well. To, you didn't have to watch much of the youth game. I mean, well, I was doing a post game show, Gordon. I kind of had to. <laughs> yes, I did have to watch the youth game. In this fact, that was the sh- more important game that, for that, me to watch. This is what you should have said in the post game. You should have said, "Youths win." That's it. Open up the phones. Lottie freaking da. No, we, we talked a lot about USC. I'm, I'm glad I watched both games simultaneously because that's Utah's next opponent, and we did yeah. focus on that quite a bit. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get to it. There's so much college football to get to. Real quick, the guest breakdown today because we have a good one. Uh, joining us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, that'll be Tanner Mangum, the former BYU quarterback, makes his weekly appearance on the show. At 4.30, we'll do the highlights from both Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham's press conferences today. At 5 o'clock, Rob Morris will be on the show, the former Cougar, who was along for the ride on the sidelines, apparently, and in the locker room after the game, so we'll get his perspective. And then at 5.30... 
our dear friend, the former Ute, Christian Cox, will be on the show. We always love talking to Christian. Didn't he have a cup of coffee in the NFL? He did. Yeah, he did. He played the clarinet for the Patriots for a minute or something like that. We're just busting him because he likes to say that in the middle of the He does. Yeah, he, he likes to rattle off his resume to uh to hey, Joe guests. Blow, you know, I played, I played in the NFL for a time. <laughs> so Christian will be with us. Mike from Many Hour Services is in the house. We'll talk to him. He's got a special deal for our listeners as usual. But right now it's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Well, look, I mean, they got three defensive linemen in there as well. They pitch it, and it's a touchdown for BYU. It ends up being Tyson. Actually, that's the other number five. That's Skowola to a cornerback who is in there at running back getting the touchdown. Williams is on the sideline. They bring in the other number five and hand it to him. Play fake. Wilson setting up, takes a shot downfield. It's a design quarterback run for Wilson straight ahead. First down and touchdown. BYU has the lead again. This is a 43-yard try to get BYU some points here in overtime. And it's good. The Cougars lead it 30-27. to USC needs a field goal to tie. A touchdown to win. If they're stopped, BYU takes the victory. A throw. Zips it. It was a lot of fun. I just saw, obviously, we don't want to get have this be a habit, but I'll take it. To be honest, I was, when the crowd rushed the field, I was jumping up and down. I just tried to grab one person. I said, what happened? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I would cheer for, but something happened, so I was just happy. Yeah, I was. I was actually getting, like, destroyed by the fans. I was taking some harder hits in there than I was in the game, so um, I tried to get out of there pretty quick. Big time win for BYU down in Provo over the weekend, Gordon. 30-27, to 27, you were there. You wrote a column afterwards. It's up at sltrib.com. It was a real thriller. Um, let me start out here, Gordon, by I, you You tease me and Tony tease me for, for never admitting when I was wrong. Well, boy, was I wrong about what game plan the Cougars should have used against the Trojans. Because it turns out that rushing three and dropping eight was Really effective it was. for BYU. It was an it was. excellent game plan, and you know what? I didn't bet on USC's arrogance, and I should have. I should have thought about USC's arrogance that they were going to do what they wanted to do, regardless of the other team, because they're the mighty Trojans. And BYU had the perfect game plan for them. And what do you mean? Their arrogance. How was that demonstrated? The- because when they chose to run the ball, they were really good at it. When they chose to pass the ball, they made a bunch of mistakes. Well, that's got sort a, of that's the, the offense. That's the offense they run, right? And that first drive looked really, really good. It did. That and was then, about as easy as it gets. And then BYU made them make a lot of mistakes, and they started to go, "Okay, well, let's run the ball," and they were pretty effective. Well, they ran it forty-five times. They did. They should have so, run it. Uh, how many? They threw the ball thirty-four times. They should have thrown it. I don't know, fifteen. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't think I agree with you on that. Well, you uh, love that Slovis kid, so but, I'm not surprised. Well, look, the difference was the turnovers. Exactly. It, you, you look at you look at the numbers, and uh, the game is pretty dead even all the way down. 
as far as yards gained, first downs, uh, rushing yards, passing yards. It's uh, it's almost identical throughout until you get down to the interception column. Right. And, look, uh, a kid is going to throw some picks. He, he tried to put the ball into very small windows, and BYU was op- opportunistic in that way. And one of those interceptions led to a touchdown, the other one led to a field goal, and the other one closed the game down. So, what are you going to do? Even the balls that uh, that Slovis completed, he was uh, he was putting it in a pretty tight window. So you're right. Uh, credit to the Cougars for the way they played that. I I was agreeing with you. I thought pressure was the way to go, and they dropped those guys back and made it very difficult on the freshmen, and it worked. Frank and I were doing the, um, and I think it was the first interception he threw. Uh, where he threw it into triple coverage. Was that the first or the second? I think that was the first. But anyway, Frank and I were in the middle of the the Ute pregame show, which is why I'm a little foggy on the memory because we were kind of half keeping an eye on it. And it, he knew it as soon as he let the ball go, like, oh, that's that, that's not good. That's going to be intercepted. And I asked Frank if he ever had that moment in his career where he lets a pass go, and as soon as it leaves his fingers, it's like, well, the way Frank put it, he's like, well, I better get ready to tackle somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what yeah. it was on that. And and he BYU just had bodies everywhere. Yep. And so they were able to make plays on the football. And I give, uh, you know, E. Tuiaki, Coach Tuiaki down there, a ton of credit. Great, great game plan against well, USC. Well, kind of tried to do what they did, what they tried to do against Utah. Except for Utah decided to run the ball. And Utah, it didn't work. <laughs> and USC, it worked. So Utah's better than USC. I think so too. Yeah, uh, that that was really quite plain to see. And we'll get to Utah USC, but here's the thing: USC's defense is not good. Yeah, is not. Terrific. I talked. I talked to some people involved in the USC program, and they all were singing the same chorus that this defense is the absolute weak point of the team. Even though the turnovers really hurt the Trojans, that defense is not as good as it should be. No, and but. You know, that sounds like we're being negative toward USC instead of giving BYU credit. Uh, I, I really think the Cougars, and I wrote this, the Cougars are better than I thought they were. And they're better than what most people thought they were. They they have they have uh, some good stuff happening there. Now, I, I wouldn't pick them to beat Washington, would you? Uh, probably you're, not, you're, but I'm more down, down on the Huskies. I, more I than you are, certainly. But uh, And who knows what will happen when they go back to Toledo, what's going to happen when they play Utah State and Boise State. I, I don't know. But certainly, 2-1 is a whole lot better than what most of us would have picked them to be before the season started. Oh, coming out of these first four with two yeah. wins is a huge W yeah. for BYU. They should absolutely feel terrific about that. And they have a chance to go 3-1. and one. You know, would I pick the Huskies this second? Uh, yeah, probably. But that by no means is definitive. Yeah, I mean, BYU it, it, could win that, 100% you know, win that game. And that's what you like about college football. You want, when you go to a game, this is me because I'm not a fan, but when I when I go to a game, I, I don't want to know what's going to happen. And even though one team might be better, I think USC has better talent than BYU does. But you couldn't tell what was going to happen because of all these other intangibles and whatnot. Same thing with Washington. I think BYU is at a level now where you just, it comes down to who plays better on that day. Yeah. 
And that's a that's a that's a fine condition to find yourself in if you want to look at football as entertainment. And BYU deserves credit. I looked at them both offensively and defensively, and they came to play. And I tip my cap to to the to the Cougars, man. They are better than I thought they were, and they showed it. And I, there is no way SC. I know they're probably blaming themselves a little bit for the mistakes. When you turn the ball over like that, then it's easy to say, okay, we beat ourselves. But And they can say that if they want. But I'm telling you right now, the Cougars, they won that game. Well, and they played, yeah. they played well in the clutch when they had to. And it was, it, was, it was fun to see the way Kalani Sataki and his staff and the players responded to that uh, because it was a real test for them. It was. And by the way, Zach Wilson still had to go out and make a bunch of plays yeah. at, at uh, clutch moments, mm-hmm. like, like you just said right there. And Tyson Williams still had to go ball out 5.2 yards of carry. Way to go, young man. Go have a day. I mean, they, that, that stuff still had to happen. Micah yeah. Simon played well again. Uh, Gunnar Romney uh, played well. Uh, and that, uh, that touchdown pass, uh, pass to Dax Milton was, I mean, that was something else. That was else. a great catch. So, uh, that was great a nice catch, throw, too. Great throw. I mean, BYU still had to go make plays. Right. Uh, and USC, they, yeah, they slipped a little bit, but you still have to make them pay. Yeah. And and BYU certainly did that. Uh, one thing we did confirm that I was right about last week is Stanford is not terrific. And that may have been a bit of fool's gold with this USC team going into the, to this game. But they BYU outcoached them, and they outplayed them. 100%. One thing that really stood out to me on the when you review that game, 12 different offensive players for BYU caught passes. 12! How often does that happen? Very rarely. I mean, that, that's sharing the ball. <laughs> that's good. And like you talked about, Tyson Williams with the 99 yards uh, and uh, I'll t- PK and I were talking about this. He said that uh, he was sitting next to Robbie Bosco on that run by uh, by Zach, that touchdown run. And Bosco said to to PK right before that play happened, he said they should do the quarterback draw on this play. Really? Yeah. And, and he, then then uh, Wilson took off running and touchdown. And I thought, yeah, Robbie, I guess knows a thing or two about offense. And that play where he had the deep pass, where he stepped up in the pocket and then rolled out of it and mm-hmm. and scrambled. I mean, you know, that's just great instincts for a player. And you've got to go, you got to go make some plays. And he certainly did. Um, his his parents were on television a lot again. I have a feeling we ought to get used to that. Uh, can we uh, tamp, tamp that down a little bit? And, and by the way, did you hear? That he grew up a Ute fan because I, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, I had no I, clue. That Matt was, Harpering played high school be- uh, football. He did. Probably. That was yeah. news to me. <laughs> when no did idea. when did they discover that? <laughs> and it, I wasn't aware. It's not fair because on on a you know national broadcast on ABC, you know you got to assume that most of your audience isn't like us and watching every single broadcast. But if this is how it's going to be all year long, at uh, yeah, we're going to get tired of that storyline. Yeah, well, pretty darn quick. It, it, now, now it gets really interesting for me to watch BYU because what's going to happen next? We talked about Washington, Toledo. Going back to Toledo, the last time those two teams played wasn't it fifty-five to fifty-three or something? I mean, 
I don't know what's going to happen there, but it gets interesting because <laughs> I like not knowing. Yeah. And and BYU has shown that they are better than what most of us thought, and they deserve great credit for that, for believing in themselves and going out and executing the plan and hanging with that team. That game could have gone either way. I mean, obviously, it's an overtime. So it was <laughs> it was very evenly matched. And if you say that about BYU and USC, usually I think BYU will take that as a compliment. The Trojans aren't as good as they looked against Stanford. We found that out. Stanford is not. Stanford got shellacked by Central Michigan, uh, Central Florida. I told you I thought that things might be slipping a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think David Shaw is a heck of a coach, but I think things might be might be slipping a tad. And we we saw it start a little bit last year. And so, I don't know, but that was not even a contest against Central Florida. But now that we know what the Cougars are capable of doing, will they live up to themselves? Yep. Or will they betray themselves? How will it go against Washington? Remember last time when they beat Wisconsin, everybody was so high on the Cougars and all fired up. Washington absolutely humbled BYU. And uh, so, I don't know. You, You don't think the Huskies are as good this time? Maybe they're not. But we'll, uh, we're going to see that uh, up close and personal coming up on Saturday. All right. We'll talk about our takeaways from the Ute game against Idaho State and also uh, obviously compare with what we saw from USC, considering now we have the luxury of, of seeing the Trojans twice. So we'll get into that uh, coming up right around the corner. But I mentioned it earlier, joining us now in studio, he's our good friend Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services. And first of all, Mike, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, man. What's new? Uh... I just got back from jeeping, so I <laughs> jeeping. You know, yeah, he's uh, gone this weekend. Gordon just snagged himself a jeep. Did you? Yeah. The jeep truck. Yeah. Is that you parked out front? Yeah. What do you think of it? <laughs> you, you're so enthusiastic. Well, I just like thanks for describing my car for everybody. I oh, appreciate shoot. that. No, Sorry, no, no, no. is that what we? Uh, but, well, you don't think your previous car uh, drew attention? Well, <laughs> maybe that's why he changed it up, and then I just like put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, where'd you go jeeping? Uh, we were down in Zions. And oh, so, wow. beautiful. Uh, San Hollow's uh, Reservoir. There's a bunch of Jeep trails out there. And so, yeah, awesome. is that fun? I'm going to have to try that with my new uh, thing. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever been jeeping before? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We we went down with another uh, another couple and we just hit the trails and almost flipped it over. And, Whoa! Yeah. Well, almost flipped it on its side and then almost went over backwards. I was. Jeez. Oh, yeah. So it was intense. <laughs> It was. It was. Yeah. One. One. One of the persons. I knew that this. This particular obstacle was really steep, and I'd never attempted one that steep before. But there's a lot of black rubber on the on the uh, <laughs> the rock, so somebody's been making it up there. So I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And I had somebody film, and I was like, film it in slow mo, just in case I go over backwards. Because if I do and I survive, I want to be able to enjoy the footage later. <laughs> Maybe put it on YouTube or something. But anyway, they got so freaked out that they stopped video and they were like, no, 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 no. And they like went away. Really? But I, so you were doing the authentic rock crawling. We were doing some some crawling down there, yeah. We usually, funny story, you probably don't want to spend your time talking about this. We were supposed to go to Moab, and my wife was supposed to book the hotel, uh-huh. and I don't know if she was on Ambien or something, but it never got booked. <laughs> and so we contacted a friend that like worked at Marriott, and he's like, oh, no, I'll hook you up. I'll get you a spot. And he booked us something and sent us a pin drop, but it was in Zion. So our weekend was supposed so you, to be in Moab, but we end up in Zion. You changed it up. It was, it was still fun. There's nice. plenty of jeeping to do. Well, uh, speaking of uh, far and yeah, wide. You just threw your wife on. 
under the bus. You did, uh, you know, publicly. Uh, hey, you know what? Every time she goes on the radio, every time she goes on the radio, she throws me under the bus. <laughs> she never goes on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, going up and down the state, let's talk. Uh, let's start off talking a little service area, shall we? Sure. We go from North Ogden down to Nephi, and then the Tooele Grantsville area over to Heber Park City area. Uh, what are we talking about today, Mike? Seasons changing? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the you know the weather changing and just making sure that our HVAC systems are ready going into the fall and the winter time. Do we have to do anything to like? I know I did this in my house. Shut down the AC. Anything special we need um, to go over? Not really. I mean, the only thing that you really need to do to make sure that the furnace kicks on when it's supposed to is I recommend this time of year people go to their thermostat and put it in the auto setting. So you've got cool, auto, and then heat. And so put it in the auto mode. So that way, if we do have a warm day and your house gets hot, the air conditioner will still kick on. But if it gets cold enough at night, your furnace will come on. Some people ask if they need to uh, cover their air conditioners. Not necessary. You can if you want to. Just make sure you uncover it when it comes time in the spring. Can people feel confident? turning the heat on uh, without having it checked? Uh, yes. And the, the thing is, is the furnace should come on. Whether people should feel confident or not <laughs> is two different things. But no, if unless you've been having issues and you've been warned not to turn it on, it is designed to be able to kick on automatically. So as long as the thermostat calls for heat. Um, and as we go on through the show, we'll talk about all the benefits of making sure you're getting it checked out. And there definitely are some of those. And, and first off, if you're nervous at all, if that does make you nervous, having the furnace come on for the first time, definitely... You know, make sure you're getting on the books and getting it checked out. You will smell a burning smell. That's mm-hmm. that's normal. So don't freak out over that. That's just the dust on the heat exchanger burning off. Mm-hmm. Um, if that burning smell continues, then maybe you know check mm-hmm. that out. But uh, no, you shouldn't have to. You, you don't need to be nervous about having it come on. All right, Mike, you always have a deal to save our listeners some money. Sure. Uh, we have our preseason 29-point furnace tune-up. Normally, we charge 99 bucks to have it done. Uh, it's well worth it at that. It's very thorough. We go through the system top to bottom, make sure all the vital components are working, make sure that uh, you know there's no leaks in the gas, there's no leaks in the heat exchanger, all of that stuff. Make sure it's functioning the way it should. We document everything, leave you with a full written report tonight. You're going to be able to get this instead of $99, only $29. You can lock in a $70 savings schedule for whenever's most convenient for you. But you got to call tonight before the end of the show if you want to lock in that $70 savings and get it for $29. Oh, you're talking, Mike. Love it. Call any hour services right now and save $70. Bucks. 29-point preseason furnace tune-up, a $99 value, only $29. But you've got to call before the end of the show, 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. Any hour services, Mike. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. We'll have more straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. I thought this segment was going to go better than this, just for the record, Yach. I didn't think it would go like this. This is what we do. We go hand in hand. We've unified. We've left our mothers and our fathers, and we cleave unto each other. Again, speaking to the people. That's what we do. (laughs) There'll be no cleaving. We're big-time cleavers. We cleave all the time. I follow the good word. I don't have a formal, organized way of doing it, but I still follow it, Dave. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCI. Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Falling 
Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is The Cars, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. Uh, Gordon, get this real quick. I know we've got to talk about uh, Utah, and we certainly will, but how about this quote from Mike Leach on the movement in California to pay athletes? Okay. I just barely saw this. This is classic. He says, quote, California has trouble keeping its streets clean, so maybe they should probably focus on that. <laughs> That's a stupid thing to say. I mean, what's the matter with addressing more than one thing? <laughs> That's just hilarious. What, you're going to just take him literally right there at face value. <laughs> well, I don't know. Whatever. He can say whatever he wants. Now you're offended on behalf of Californians? No, I'm, I just think that there's nothing irresponsible about what they've done. Okay. All right. Can't even laugh at a funny quote from Mike Leach. <laughs> oh, I know why you think it's so funny. Because they need to keep their streets cleaner? <laughs> no, because you're mad at the legislature for what they've done. It is dumb. 31-0. to zero, Utah absolutely uh, blew out Idaho State. Uh, in fact, the, the score I, I truly don't think represented the amount of dominance in that game. And Utah's ones looked really, really good. Uh, a little on the concern side about some of, of the depth because the— you know, some steam definitely came off there in the in the second half, but it was also a really conservative outlook, and Witt wasn't out there obviously to run up the score. Right. Uh, but I think Tyler Huntley looked really accurate, and I thought he made some dynamic plays, and that was uh, something that we wanted to see. And there's nothing new about that; he has been accurate. Uh, and then, well, not just not just completion percentage, like like the deep balls he threw were right on the money. Mm-hmm. I mean. You didn't see on on the back shoulder throws. It was the, it was where it needed to be. The, okay. the guy didn't have to I, because we got nitpicky about this game because it's Idaho State. And right. It's a game to get nitpicky, and and for the most part, he was right on the money. I was really impressed. And then Zach Moss, you know, averaged ten point six yards per carry. So <laughs> yeah, that would get it done. So that's that's a nice day. Ran the ball ten times. So did, did you draw any conclusions from the game? It well, wasn't even possible to do that against well, that kind of competition. Remember, we were joking about this last week that we wanted to see Utah tighten. You know, yeah, uh-huh. just just tighten. And I think that's exactly what they saw, or we saw. They I really, really don't like it when you make that hand gesture. The when you tighten. Say, well, that's what he does in the movie. That's why. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm doing it. But I, I think that's exactly what what we saw. I mean, there there certainly wasn't anything to complain about, and they went out there, and you know, the receivers got really really open and. The quarterback hit him where they needed to be, and Zach Moss looked terrific and probably the best news. And we'll we'll touch on this a little later because I thought it was really interesting what Wood had to say today at the press conference. But they got their guys out and got them some rest on a short week. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Utah accomplished exactly what it was trying to in that in that game. And the defense shut them out. I mean, can't complain about that. Literally nothing to complain about in that game. How many total yards for the Bengals? Uh, let's see here. Let me scroll, scroll, scroll. Because obviously you can't uh, do any better than a shutout. I guess you could somehow get negative points. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I suppose could total yards, one hundred and sixteen yards. Okay, eighty through the air, thirty six on the ground. Yeah, I'd say when your opponent gains thirty six rushing yards, you uh, pretty well shut things down. But I think that. Utah is absolutely primed and to run over 
USC, as poorly as USC's defense uh, really tried at times in that BYU game, if if Utah plays tight offensively and really establishes the run with Zach Moss, they're going to beat them. So here's the question. Uh, the Utes as, uh, in the Pac-12 have never won at the Coliseum. So will they mentally be there? Because if they're mentally there, physically I think they can, they're better. So will there, will there be a slip between the lip and the cup? I don't think I'm, so. That that historically doesn't happen often with Coach Witt and Utah teams. I, I and you heard Kyle Whittingham talking about USC being the standard in the conference for as long as they've been there. I think they're going to be ready to go. All right. Well, if they are, they'll win. They should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They absolutely uh, that, should. That I you know we all had a chance to study that USC team, and yeah, uh, the conclusions I draw is uh, Stanford was nowhere near as good as I thought they were. Uh, USC is not as good as I thought it was, and the Utes are every bit as good as I thought they were, and and BYU is better than I thought they were. So I mean, I, I you know it's a long season. We'll see how it plays out, but that's where we are right now. BYU, a, a solid, good uh, team. Uh, Utah, the potential for, to be a great team, and USC. Mm, a Midland team. I did on Twitter see some a uh, couple of Ute fans grumpy about not beating the Bengals worse, and I. I but why? Uh, what, yeah, what are you trying right. to get done? I mean, you know, they, is, is that is that the part of the beauty pageant thing? I guess the Utes are tenth in the country now. If they if they'd beaten them by sixty, would would they be ranked higher? And it wasn't really the game plan. They, Utah was obviously not out, out right. to embarrass anybody. They right. were out to work on their stuff. And, again, Witt made a really interesting point that they've run fewer plays than any other team in the country that's played three games. And he talked about wear and tear and rest. And USC's run something like, and I don't have it in front of me, but it's like 150 more plays hmm. than Utah has thus far Because the they season. throw the ball so much? Yeah, Right. Yeah, and they, they hurry it up a little bit. And mm-hmm. it, he, it was so fascinating to hear him talk about it because he says people discount that and say, oh, it doesn't matter. And he's like, it does matter. Well, one last question that I have for you, Jake, and I really – this is – I'm not being facetious here at all. I, it's an, it's an, an honest question. When you see what USC was capable of doing on some possessions – and then you saw the stumbling and bumbling around on other possessions. Is that like is that like my golf game? Is that is that like uh, you know where you hit a good shot and then you hit not such a good shot? And how do you become more consistent? Because against BYU, there were times when SC looked unstoppable, and other times when they were eminently stoppable. I think what what. what, what What's your uh, theory on that? Well, I, actually, I think Kalani answered that question in his press conference where he said that effort makes up for a lot. So if like makes up for mistakes, like if, you, if you're executing and trying hard and you're out there giving it your all, it makes up a lot. And I so don't does think that we mean saw that USC wasn't trying hard. I think we saw some some of those issues, care factor issues with with USC. Well, that's, and, and that's Hans, poison. Hans said something similar on his show today or no, no, he might have said it on Twitter. But yeah, I, I and again. I want to be careful because I don't want to take credit away from BYU. They had to go out there and make plays, and they did try hard, and they did execute, and they did all the right things to win. So, so don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But when you see talented, really talented teams underachieve, 
Oftentimes, it's issues with effort, buy-in, coaching, culture. All those things, uh, I think, might be an effort there or might be a problem there at USC. I guess because, look, uh, you can say this any which way you want, but BYU has a bunch of two stars and three stars, and they're going up against four and five stars. Right. I mean, these athletes are judged to be really, really good, but they were not coordinated to the point where they weren't organized to the point where they could perform consistently right. or they weren't challenged properly or they weren't motivated properly. Uh, and, and, and BYU, I thought, was much more on their game and deserved to win. Maybe not held to a high enough standard, all these things. USC's got a cultural problem for sure, for sure. All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Homie. Did you know Homie assigns a whole team of realtors and specialists to sell your home for a flat 1500 bucks? That means thousands of dollars in hypothetical realtor commissions back into your pocket. That's innovative. That's fair. That's a company who's got your back. That's Homie. We'll have more college football talk straight ahead. Don't forget Tanner Mangum at the top of the 4 o'clock hour here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Kalani Sataki, have they extended his contract yet? Because I think he's done quite enough to show that he needs to be the guy there for some time going forward. I think they should have been able to see that this was going to be the best guy for the job long before they beat Tennessee and USC. And last year they were 6-6, six and six, but I think it's the way they got there and the improvement you could see and the development and the fact that they were able to get a pretty dang good quarterback to go there and flip his commitment. That should have showed you that you are not going to find a heck of a lot better than what you have right here. That decision should have been made before the season I agree. started. Yep, because it was a storyline, and he's winning with it being a storyline, and that's pretty cool. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Listen this Wednesday for your chance to win tickets uh, to see Godsmack on a win ticket Wednesday. Godsmack hitting the road this fall with Hailstorm. Your chance to rock with them live is October 9th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. It's going to be a really fun college football weekend coming up, Gordo. Washington and USC in the same weekend for BYU and Utah. Yeah, it's uh, this good stuff. Yeah, it it is. It's going to be and and both teams playing well going into these games. I wish the Trojans were in Salt Lake. That would be really cool to have both in our backyard on back to back nights. I mean, that would be pretty sweet, right? Although you wouldn't yeah. get a trip to Southern California. That's okay. I don't need it. No. Nah. No, but I I'm going. So you know, we'll see. Obviously, Utah, one of the best football teams in the country this year, apparently, as presently standing in the uh, in the polls. But uh, I, I believe it, man. I, I, I haven't seen anything out of the Utes that's making me doubt them right now. And as I said, so, so the Utes are about what I thought they would be. Uh, BYU is a little better than I thought they would be. Uh, so, but obviously, Utah is the... Uh, bellwether cow can i bring up two minor things with you that just at least was kind of a question mark in my mind i don't know if really either is a big deal but i did notice Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Britton Co- Covey fumbled uh, in the game at Utah, which, whatever. I mean, the guy made a nice play, stripped him. You know, didn't matter. Game was over. But why was Britton still in the game? It was in the fourth quarter, and everybody else was not in the game. Maybe he's trying to get his legs under him. Is it, and that might be what it is, reps. I just noticed that, and I was going, well, why is he Why is he even playing? I wonder if that's, I, you know, I don't know if it would be his call or not, but it, it could be, you know. He could be trying to just work the kinks out a little bit. So and I if wasn't he's, sure. If he's feeling good and he just wants to get his timing back a little bit, then – then uh, if I'm a coach, I would take that into consideration. However, you always run the risk. Right, right. So that, I I just didn't know. Yeah, like the fumble, whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. Britton Covey. You've performed plenty in your right. career for uh, to worry about fumbling. You know, he's fine. But the fact that he was playing was, was a little curious. And then the other one, for the second consecutive game, Drew Lisk has spelled Tyler Huntley and not Jason Shelley. Now, we did see Shelley get in uh, toward the back part of the game, but I didn't. I mean, is that something to read into? Is that just I, I, yeah, they that, want to get Lisk some reps? I've I heard mean, questions about it, but I haven't heard any answers. So I don't know. So we don't know if that's a big deal or not. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Two mm-hmm. things that, that were certainly noticeable in that game, but I don't know if they really mean anything. Because, uh, listen, uh, Shelley, I mean, that the Pac-12 championship game last year was tough. I mean, that was, that was tough to watch. But I thought he filled in admirably oh, yeah. for Tyler Huntley. In fact, he, he basically won him the Oregon game. So I, I don't know, and unless Lisk is just balling out. You think they're throwing him a bone? Maybe. I mean, he's he's stuck around and kind of been that loyal soldier, so to speak, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe well, it is, is and, and of course this is where your imagination runs wild, right? Is is Shelly maybe looking around a little bit because he thinks Cam Rising is going to get the job next year? And so, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Maybe he's given some indication that he's looking yeah. around. I mean, I haven't yeah. heard if his name's in the transfer portal, and he obviously played. So What do they say up there? You're either all, all in or in all, the way? Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're getting Lisk ready because Shelly might have the wandering eye. Well, we're just guessing here. Exactly. We, we, we don't know that for a fact. But it is but curious, yeah, right? Yeah. I would agree with that. You know that whole thing you bring up about Britton Covey, isn't that isn't that football in essence? Wait, wait, you just are you going to play like you're scared someone's going to get hurt, or are you just going to let the horses run? You know what's the best way to go? Is it to play cautious, or is it to just let them go? Probably just let them go, but I think there is something to limiting risk. So. Only play the players as long as you need to. Uh, yeah. I mean, because in that game, once the Utes got up, you knew they were going to win the game. Well, you knew right. they were going to win the game anyway. But you did bring up the point, maybe Britton, who's, who is still coming back from that injury, maybe he needed a couple of reps. I mean, maybe yeah. he needed – because that game against Idaho State, it's perfect for that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, go in and, and get a couple of reps at full speed and get your feet back under you. So, Do you think you're more likely to get hurt against a quality opponent than you are against a lesser opponent? Because it seems like so many times in football when someone does get hurt, it's just kind of a flukish play. I, I don't think there's a difference, to be honest. I mean, maybe if you were playing uh, against the, you know, the weekend warriors down at the uh, at the <laughs> Sugar House Park or something, it would be, you know, like pickup games in offseason basketball, that sort of thing. But yeah. that doesn't happen really in football. And I mean, there's still, you know, FB or I always have to think FCS athletes out there with Idaho State. I mean, it's it's not, you know, you're talking good football players. Yeah. 
So I, I don't think there's more of a risk either way. This will make you mad. But way back in the beginning of my career, I remember covering a game and a bunch of players got hurt on one team and the other team was actually bragging about it. No, that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. Of course, that was back in the days of Cro-Magnon Man and, you know, Neanderthals Leather were roaming the and, earth. And, you know, I mean, so it was way back <laughs> in the beginning of my career. So along. I should read you an email I got from a BYU fan. Yeah, you told me the, the BYU Blue have been a little grumpy with you. Uh, oh, it, it was classic. Yeah. It was classic, angry, nasty, mean. You know, and he probably wrote it right before he went into priesthood meeting. But, you know, it's okay. You know. Tanner Mangum will you join gotta, us. you got to get off your mind. you got to get off your chest, What you got to get off. Tanner joins us coming up next, but can right I, now. Can I rephrase that? Our good friend Mike from Indiana Hour Services is hanging out with us. And, of course, <laughs> Mike, uh, season's changing. It's getting a little cooler out there. Uh, do we need to do, uh, like, will our furnaces just kick on and, and go? Do we need to prepare? What do we need to do? Um Yes and no. I mean, as long as your thermostat is set to that auto setting, it should turn on when it needs to. And like we mentioned last break, uh, the first time it kicks on, you're probably going to smell, you know, a a burning smell. But that's nothing to worry about. It's just the dust on the heat exchanger that collects over the summer. Um, And so that's that that's not a big deal. Um, But, yeah, it should kick on automatically. I'm glad you said that, because every year when I turn on my furnace the first time, I get that smell. And I'll bet you everybody wonders what it is. Yeah, well, it's it's that we haven't burned our furnace for so long, and it we kick it on, and we're like, oh, wait, there's a fire in the basement. What's going on? Because, I mean, we, we still heat our homes by piping gas into, like, a, a little metal cabinet and lighting it on fire. And so there is the, that little twinge. And, yeah, around the office or anywhere you're at, you can always – it's a very distinctive smell. Like, something's burning, but – uh, yeah, when it when it kicks on for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, that's gonna feel. You guys could stand with kicking on a little heat in here. Well, I tell you, those, those good folks at Carrier just outdo themselves with our studio. Do I'll they require you, you to keep it? This I think temperature? they do. I think they're showing off. I honestly do. They're like someone needs to write them and say, I know you guys make furnaces as well. There's no need to show off. We with could all do of both. The cold air, you know, you could. Yeah. You could. You, here's an idea. How about we just show off how well we keep it comfortable? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> what? What is there? There you go. Let's see. Mike's this a guy is a professional. He is indeed. <laughs> All right. So, are there some things that we can do though to help uh, kind of yeah. the process and help a furnace run? For better? sure. There's always some things that we can do better. And you know, airflow is always such a, uh, an important component of your air conditioner and your furnace. And so, the number one most obvious thing is the filter. Uh, it's the one that we get a lot of uh, that can cause a lot of problems that we then end up get called out for service calls because it can shut the system down. So, if you haven't uh, changed the filter all summer, all summer, go down, change the filter, make sure you. You got a clean one in there. Another one are the vents around the house. Uh, I know at my house with the kids just playing and and doing what they do, vents end up getting closed accidentally. And so just go around, make sure that the vents are open. Make sure you don't have any return airs blocked by furniture because the whole concept that this thing is engineered to push a certain amount of air out and then bring that same amount of air back and it's supposed to be balanced that way and if you're restricting the airflow on either side of it it can cause the system to work harder than it should and in the winter when you've got all of that heat in that cabinet, if it can't move the air, what it does is it ends up overheating those components, and it there's safety switches in there so that when they do overheat, it'll shut the system down, and you'll think that, like, oh, no, my furnace isn't broken, when it could just be that you're not getting right. the right amount of airflow. Well, and a great way to go, of course, is the tune-up, which we're talking about today. 
Absolutely. In the owner's manual, it actually says, in addition to the things that you do yourself, you should have your system inspected regularly by a properly trained technician. We've got our 29-point preseason furnace tune-up where all of those things are based off of what the manufacturers recommend. So we go through all the vital components, make sure that everything's working the way that it should. Uh, we check airflow. We check uh, you know, the way that it's burning the gas, make sure there's no leaks. Um, and normally, we charge $99 to do this. It's well worth it. We document everything that we find. We leave you with a full written report. Um, instead of $99, those zone listeners are going to be able to lock in a $70 savings and get this done for only $29. Now, with the winter coming, you don't have to have it done this week, next week, whatever. You can schedule it four weeks from now if you want. And the good thing about the way that we schedule these things is you pick a date that you know is going to work for you. We call you the day before and say, hey, just to remind you so that if there are any issues, you can reschedule. It's all about convenience for you. But call while you're thinking about it and lock in that $70 savings. Don't have to do it tonight, but Get on the books tonight. Take advantage. $70 savings on a 29-point preseason furnace tune-up. $99 value, only $29. But you've got to call before the end of the big show. So call 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. Tanner Mangum joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's a football (laughs) Friday. Ron McBride and Alema Harrington. So we're playing Cal Berkeley. I mean, we're just kicking their ass. They're fun, right? There you yeah. go. Good. Yeah, good. Good, good check swing. That was well, good. Well, yeah, I've cleaned up my language. Yeah, nobody <laughs> believes that, Coach, but good job. <laughs> so then they said, okay, Ronnie Veal, you're up. Okay. Yeah. Goes in, throws a pick, right? Oh, Lloyd, you got to dump that. Take that, dump that. Wait, you just I'd, rather, I'd rather you say the first word than that one. You just made this declaration to, you, to the radio world. You sound like Scotty describing what's on our table. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, you threw a pick. Yeah, yeah very okay. much better. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.